welcome to the Chapman CG Podcast, inspiring and informative conversations with top HR leaders from around the world. Given the time, commitment, and financial investment required during a merger or acquisition, it's somewhat surprising the number of them that fail as a result of differing cultures, essentially two sides unable to find a common platform on which to move forward. Not enough attention is given to the integration of two organizations. It's their values, processes, and ways of communicating, which collectively define how they interact with employees as well as customers. I'm here with uh, Tom Crabill, Vice President of Human Resources at Paul Filtration. Tom has the Asia-Pacific role to discuss the importance of integration and cultural due diligence during an acquisition. Tom, it's great to have you on board. Matt, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Tom and I go back many years uh, in, 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 in Tom's career, and uh, Tom, it'd be great if you could just, just fill us in briefly on um, some of the companies you've worked with. Yeah, so um, I don't know if we should say how many years, but anyway, um, no, I think, Matt, you and I probably first met when I was working with uh, either Allied Signal, which today is Honeywell, um, here in Singapore, and so I spent about 10 years with them, most of it in the region, uh, but a, a good couple of years in the U.S. as well. Uh, from there, I, I moved to a company called Ingram Micro, uh, which was a, a great move for me because it was with my manager from the Allied Signal days, so uh, a nice fit there. And then um, I had a chance to, to move around quite a bit with uh, with both of those companies, both Allied Signal and Honeywell and, uh, and Ingram. Um, left the region for a couple of years to go with Ingram to Belgium. Um, it was during the financial crisis. Americans aren't uh, um, probably the most sought after in Europe during that uh, period of time. So I ultimately ended up coming back here to uh, uh, to Singapore. I worked for uh, uh, for a financial services company for a, a couple of years, and then now, uh, well, prior to uh, to joining Paul, I actually worked on my own for a couple of years, uh, doing HR consulting which uh, not only had me doing work here in the region, but sometime in the Middle East as well, which was fantastic. And so I've been with Paul for a couple of years. Um, as Matt mentioned, the uh, Asia leadership role uh, from you know, from Korea to New Zealand all the way over to, uh, to India, uh, pretty standard regional job for uh, a generalist like me. Tom, this is a topic that's obviously very close to your heart and situation at the moment, but tell us about the HR role in managing employee expectations around an acquisition and tell us a bit more about the acquisition going on at the moment. Yeah, so I'm um, heavily involved in uh, an acquisition that's that's currently happening. Um, Paul Corporation has been bought by Danaher. Um, and, you know, the, the interesting thing about integrations um, is, is that this is my third one here in the region and each one has been a little bit different and a lot of that depends on uh, the acquiring company. And I'll, I'll get to that probably a little bit later. But, you know, as far as the, you know, the due diligence side of things is concerned, um, I mean, most companies still tend to focus pretty heavily on the financials side of it. I mean, the deal needs to make sense financially before you even get in further. And, you know, what tends to happen is that um, HR gets brought in a little bit later at the front end. And the focus, for me at least, has been mostly on key talent. I mean, of course, you look at some areas where, you know, there may be financial implications um, that could affect the deal. 
but from an ongoing, more of an integration perspective, you look at the key talent side of things. There are a couple other areas. Uh, communications is a huge issue. Uh, one I think most companies are doing a bit better on uh, lately. Um, and the other piece is really, uh, and, and this, you know, it, it goes from due diligence into integration, which to me are really two separate things. Um, but the the other part that's key to the success of the acquisition overall is is the engagement side. Um, and here, I think I can use an example from Ingram Micro. Uh, we bought a very large competitor a few years ago, and the way that Ingram business, Ingr Ingram's business was set up is all we essentially bought was talent. And so if the people didn't stay, we would have essentially thrown away $700 million. So the key there was really focused on the top leadership levels uh, because it was those people who we thought would have the greatest influence over bringing uh, the people from Tech Pacific into Ingram Micro. And uh, you know, we had some good plans and programs around that. Um, and ultimately, uh, the people in general, the people that we wanted to stay from Tech Pacific um, did stay, uh, which I think is a real uh, accomplishment not only for the HR team but for the businesses overall. Tom, in your experience, how important is integration and cultural due diligence? And I guess, why are these aspects often overlooked? Well, Matt, as I mentioned before, I mean, these are two separate but very interlinked uh, issues. And so due diligence, it, it tends to focus on the financial side. And you know, even for some of the companies that, you know, the premier companies out there that, that do a, a better job with due diligence, HR tends to get uh, brought in more towards the end of the due diligence. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, it's just practical matter. Um, and what, what can happen then is the deal gets accelerated and that leaves a very short window of time for, um, for further due diligence. But you know, as I mentioned before, I mean, basically during the due diligence process, what we're looking for are you know, uh, potential financial pitfalls. So are there, you know, contractual issues that may have a financial impact on a deal? Um, and then ultimately, from uh, from a continuity perspective, it's locking in that key talent. Um, again, as I mentioned before with the Ingram deal, all we bought was talent. And, um, you know, that's a, there's a huge you know, intellectual property issue there if, if you don't, uh, if you don't keep um, the key leaders involved. But when you start to get more towards integration, to me, that's where HR really makes their money because the, that's when the two companies start to come together. And um, here, experience, I think, is a very good teacher. I mean, there are lots of playbooks out there. But ultimately, how the integration happens will depend on who's doing the acquiring. So uh, use an example from a few years back. Um, Allied Signal bought Honeywell. We got off to a pretty decent start. But then within a matter of months after that deal had gone through, General Electric tried to buy the new Honeywell. And most people are familiar when GE buys, they've got a very good process. Um, they're very clear about expectations and behaviors. So that's very much what I would call an, you know, an all-consuming kind of uh, acquisition. Um, Ingram Micro and Tech Pacific, another deal I was involved in, I wouldn't call it a merger of equals, but when you look at the numbers in Asia Pacific, it essentially was. 
and we had five out of the seven business leaders uh, from Tech Pacific take over in leadership roles in the New Ingram in Asia. So you can see the dynamics are very different in that aspect, and, and it was very important for us to keep those five um, business leaders from Tech Pacific heavily engaged, highly educated about how uh, Ingram works, uh, because Tech Pacific was a private equity-owned company, Ingram U.S. listed. So very different uh, ways of working and, and parameters that they had to stay uh, up to date on. The deal that we're involved in now is is different from both of those. And the interesting thing about the way that Danaher acquires companies is that Danaher uh, tends to be the parent. And where Danaher really makes their money is on processing systems, and I will call this culture as well, the operating model, behind the scenes. Um, but when you look at the, the makeup of Paul overall after being acquired by Danaher, the Paul name still exists. The brand is there. They're buying that value, that brand value. Um, a significant amount of the leadership within Paul remains. And essentially you become... Uh, well, what Danaher calls it is an operating company under the Danaher umbrella. So this, um, it's interesting here, people I think are expecting more change than we'll probably have um, within the, you know, the, the first three to six months of the acquisition. Um, so key for us, again, is um, not only locking in those, those few key leaders, but a lot of communications about what's going to change, what's not going to change, um, it's a month in, and uh, you know, so far things are looking pretty good. Uh, we have had a few people that have left because um, you know, the operating model differences are not something that they're interested in, but for the most part, um, the majority of people are, are quite well engaged and um, really looking forward to being part of a much larger operating company um, because within the Danaher portfolio of businesses, you've got a couple of dozen companies uh, that are now potential employers under one Danaher umbrella. So um, it's seen as a real positive for the, the team within Paul. So just to finish off, Tom, and, and looking ahead, I mean, just summarize you know, what you think are the key steps to successful integration, and I guess most importantly, what role an HR leader is expected to play in this process. Yeah, and there's there are a lot of playbooks out there, and they're all good um, for the most part. Uh, for me, uh, when it comes to, uh, uh, especially at the very front end on due diligence, there's two key levers. One is making sure that there's no uh, no financial impact that's going to hit the deal because of some uh, some financial aspect that's linked to contracts or or workers agreements or whatever it might be. So there's there's that piece. The key one is locking in leaders early on. And this is not only uh, done financially uh, with, uh, with retention agreements or equity, whatever it might be, but it also involved, uh, it involves a lot of engagement from the key leadership on the acquiring side. So making sure that those relationships get built um, when possible before the deal is done. A lot of times that's not possible. Um, but very most certainly right after the deal is announced. After the deal is announced and you're starting and, and it's, it's been consummated, uh, the deal is done, that's when you really have to get into um, you know, having the plan about 
how specifically, what will change in, in people's lives day to day? And so as I mentioned before, acquisition and integration really can take on a very different flavor. Um, but ultimately, the keys that I've seen, one is tempo. Um, this is a, a, integration is an, is an area where speed is good. Um, the faster you get over the, the humps and the concerns that people have, the better, the more you can get back to, the quicker you can get back to um, kind of business as usual. Um, the other piece is really uh, what I'll call connect. And so I've seen this done quite well so far in the Danaher acquisition, and that is, you know, be it town halls, be it one-on-one -on -one meetings, being at small roundtables, uh, email blasts, um, the better educated people are about um, what the future is going to look like, the better decision they're going to be able to make, and hopefully that is to, uh, you know, to stay with the company. So it's, it's speed, it's connect, and then ultimately locking in those leaders uh, very early on that will have a huge impact on, um, on the success of the acquisition. And that was Thomas Krubbel, Vice President of Human Resources for Asia at Paul Filtration, talking about integration and culture and how to handle these successfully. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, follow our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.